everybody and welcome back to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda and I'm an early childhood educator in Ontario, Canada. And this is my podcast where I like to talk about all things kindergarten. I pick a topic for the week and I just, you know, either do research on that topic or give my thoughts on that topic and, you know, share with you guys what my um, thoughts and reflections are about it. Um, Last week, I um, had a problem with my microphone and it actually broke. So... I had to get a new one. Um, the uh, cord, I guess when I, I was picking up my microphone to record last week's podcast episode and I dropped it and I caught it by the cord and the little like um, connector that goes to the back of the microphone, um, like not dented, but it um, folded a little bit. And so I guess it broke the little prongs inside the connector and it was no longer working. We tried to find, and by we, I mean my husband, um, tried to find a new um cord so I could just buy a cord instead of having to buy a whole new microphone I don't like you know putting more waste into the world if like I don't have to but yeah we couldn't find any cord that would replace it so I had to buy a whole new microphone but it did get an upgrade so hopefully this sound is better than last week's sound I don't know if there was a noticeable difference between the sound but definitely this microphone should be a lot better Bonus is that this cord also fits my old microphone. So, you know, um, I can use both of my microphones, but I only have one cord. Um, Yeah, so um, thanks to my husband who also edits this podcast. So he's real like the MVP of this whole show here. I just sit here and record it and then he does everything behind the scenes for me. So um, he was really the one that um, keeps the show running apparently. Um, because without him, we'd have a uh, pretty bad audio because I didn't have a lot of time to research new microphones this week. So thank you to hubby who is now editing this podcast for making this week's uh, podcast episode, you know, um, good to listen to. But anyways, let's get started with this week's episode. I'm going to talk a little bit about how I inspire or how I have inspired students' wonders and questionings um, for the kindergarten classroom. I've been seeing a lot of posts about inquiry in kindergarten classroom. And when I say like posts, I mean like a lot on Facebook and on Instagram and things about people doing inquiries in kindergarten. And sometimes I see a little bit some misconceptions about inquiry in kindergarten. And like I said last week on um, the podcast, I talked about how inquiry learning is one of my areas of growth as an educator and one of the areas that I am learning more about. I'm doing a lot of professional learning around. And so I don't know if I'm ready yet to like take on a whole episode about inquiry learning, but I did want to talk about a little bit about how I have inspired some inquiries in the past. So let's get started on this week's episode. So some of the misconceptions I've seen a little bit around inquiry learning is that, you know, a teacher or an educator starts an inquiry um, and is like, okay, well, it's the first day of spring, so we're going to start a spring inquiry or um, it's October, so we have to do a pumpkin inquiry. And it's kind of, I feel like inquiry has just taken the place of the word theme in kindergarten. Like, oh, we're starting our pumpkin theme or we're starting our spring theme. Um, instead of it truly being more of an inquiry. And this is not me like throwing shade at any educator out there. Like I said, this is still a learning journey for me myself. And 
something I'm learning more and more about as um, the years go on. So this is definitely no shade to any kindergarten educator because I'm sure I've done the same thing. But I'm really seeing that like, you know, because it was the first day of spring, it was like, oh, um, we're starting our spring inquiry. And when we're truly doing an inquiry, it's like we're following, it's, it's not educator centered, it's child centered. So we would be following the lead of the child in this. And if it happens to coincide that, you know, like the weather is changing and, you know, they've noticed that outside and they're asking questions about why the snow is melting and they're asking questions about like, oh, are the green, are they noticing like the green grass or whatever it is? As an educator, you can take that and be like, oh, yes, they are inquiring about seasonal changes like spring. And the big idea here is spring. How am I going to broaden their learning? How am I going to, you know, set up provocations? And how am I going to extend that learning? And the big idea being spring, because that's their line of questioning. But it doesn't necessarily, like, the kids won't necessarily know that they are learning about spring just yet. They might just be asking some general questions and you as an educator can know that, you know, you're leading it into, you know, learning about the seasons and changing seasons or life cycles or whatever it is that it might be. So as an educator, you would have the big idea of spring. The kids would probably be more, you know, asking some like really, um, I want like maybe they might be narrower questions about like certain topics like the grass and like their questions might be broad but the topic itself might be really narrow because it might be like oh why is there grass now and like you know as an educator as an adult like oh the there's grass now because you know it's spring and the seasons are changing and it's getting warmer outside so the grass is starting to sprout and you know these are just normal seasonal changes that we see every year but the kids are just like hey i noticed there's green grass and so you as the educator you're trying to pull out the learning from those like kind of narrower questions and apply it to the big idea topic i hope that makes sense it kind of makes sense in my head when i say it but like when i start to talk about it sometimes it gets like a little bit convoluted But again, like maybe the kids haven't really been talking about that and, you know, they're still really interested in ramps and cars and, you know, they're all about like taking their cars and building different structures to like roll cars down. And yeah, that's okay. Like you don't have to like complete, just because it's the first day of spring, you don't have to be like, okay, we're done with um, learning about cars and ramps. We are going to move into talking about spring now because like, hey, it's spring. I have to change topics. So it's really just following the leads of the kids and like picking out some of those big ideas that they might be talking about and then planning your learning around that. So that's like my current understanding, my current like thoughts around inquiry and like how I've seen it um, kind of not be used in that way, I guess, um, in kindergarten classrooms. And again, like no shade same over here like I didn't start like like my journey in as a kindergarten educator didn't start with me having this really like a really great idea of inquiry um again I still don't so you know um if you are at the level of hey it's springtime I'm doing an inquiry about spring that's great but let's try to really follow the leads of the children in our classroom so the other part of this is that you can also guide some of the inquiries in your classroom. Oh, if you can hear that, that is tequila in the background. She's meowing. I don't know how much this microphone picks up, but um, you can also guide and provoke 
inquiry in your classroom, right? If you, um, let's say I've done this in the past. I've, I love tulips. Anybody who follows me on Instagram will know that I'm always buying tulips and I love having tulips in my house. Uh, the first signs of spring is when like tulips start appearing in the store, like bunches of tulips. And I immediately start buying tulips up until like they disappear from the stores again. And so one year I brought in a tulip plant into our kindergarten classroom. I placed the tulip plant on the table with some magnifying glasses and some books about plants and some paper and some pencils and just left it there to see like what the students would find and discover with this tulip plant. And their reaction to this tulip plant was immediate and very interesting because they absolutely loved observing up close this plant and they were there most of the day writing their observations like um drawing pictures and labeling pictures and asking questions about this tulip plant and as an educator I was like oh this is definitely a line of inquiry that we want to follow if I had put that plant out there and like not a single child cared at all about this tulip plant like I would have been like okay this is done like I'll keep the plant in the classroom because it's pretty but like they don't care. I'm not going to um, start like planning a huge inquiry about plants because they don't care. But I was able to spark an idea. I was able to, you know, bring a plant into the classroom, a natural artifact into the classroom and really spark an interest in it and really um, evolve their thinking around it. And it sparked like a huge inquiry into plants and seeds. And I have a whole blog post about it that I can link in the show notes for you because it really did it evolved. So they were very interested in the different um, types of seeds that plants could have because we were talking about like how tulips grow and they grow from not just like a tiny seed, they grow from a bulb. And they were so interested in this. And we had to look up like pictures of bulbs so that they could see what they look like. And then they were talking about, you know, the different seeds that they see. And then they were eating lunch and they were noticing that they had different seeds um, in their different vegetables, like cucumbers and peppers had different seeds. And then I had a cucumber. Sometimes I ate, this was before COVID, obviously I ate lunch with the kids. Like I would just sit down at the table, especially at this time of the year when the kids were pretty settled into the classroom routines, I would just sit down at a table and eat lunch with them. And this day I just happened to have an avocado for my salad. And so I was cutting up the avocado and it was whole avocado and I was cutting it up and taking out the pit. And somebody's like, well, is that a bulb? I was like, no, this is different because it's a pit, but it's still a seed because you can grow an avocado plant out of it. And so then we um, tried growing the avocado pit. You know how you can like put it in water? It didn't work eventually. Like it never actually grew anything, but we did try. We planted it in seeds and they wrote down their observations. There's my cat again. And so that led into a whole inquiry about seeds where eventually like my teaching partner and I went to the grocery store. I'm really sorry if you can hear her yelling in the background. There's, I, I've tried to get her to stop yelling and she will not at this point. So it's just some background noise we'll have to deal with today. But my teaching partner and I went to the grocery store and we bought a whole bunch of different fruits and vegetables. And so the next day after we bought those fruits and vegetables, the kids came in and we had cut all of the fruits and vegetables in half and laid them out on the table. And so that they could see the different kinds of seeds that each vegetable had. And again, we had pencils and paper and we had um, um, 
magnifying glasses and we had a whole bunch of tools for them to pick out the seeds and the kids were like as soon as they walked into the classroom and they saw this they were so excited and so then we were able to take those seeds and our science teacher lent me usb uh, microscopes so that we could put the seed under microscopes on the computer and take pictures of the, like a close-up of the seeds and then we put them into a, like it was a whole thing we put it into a padlet and then they could see each other seeds in the padlet like the pictures that they took and comment on each other's seeds and really talk about these seeds we planted some of the seeds like we went into a full seed inquiry and then eventually we talked about the life cycle of a seed and it was really like some great hands-on learning and then by the end of it like they knew more about plants and seeds than probably a lot of like adults would know at that point because they really went in depth and grew their own seeds, grew their own vegetable garden. I think we planted um, tomato seeds, if I'm not mistaken, or we plant, we let them pick which vegetable seed they wanted to plant and they could bring it home and put it in their garden. Like, I mean, we went full on, but it was because they were so interested in it. And they just kept asking such great questions and inquiring about such great questions that it just kept going and going and going. And like, honestly, I think we went on for like weeks with the seed inquiry just because they were so interested in it. But again, if I had brought that tulip plant in at first and they weren't as interested, like our our inquiry, like we would have gone on a different road with the inquiry. It might've been just as great of an inquiry in a different topic, but this is just a topic they were really interested in. So again, that lined up with springtime because you know tulips i was able to bring a tulip plant in because it was springtime but i didn't like it wasn't like i was like oh this is um what's the first day of spring march 31st or something this is march 31st like we've got to start our spring in Korea. it was more um i tried to make it more authentic than that again like as an educator you are able to plan those provocations you are able to plan those things because um, you are going to try to spark some of those big questions, those big inquiry topics in your students and trying to get that to those big ideas and that learning. Again, um, it doesn't necessarily have to always um, coincide with, you know, the I'm putting this in quotes, the theme of the day, but um, sometimes it does, but you know, it doesn't always have to. But you also, as an educator, have to be listening to your students um, for what they're interested in. So, you know, I don't remember what had brought me to bring those tulips into the classroom. It might have been, um, a question by a student about tulips. It might've been, I was just talking about tulips and like, we got to talking about them or I was at the grocery store and I saw the tulips and I'm like, Oh, this would be great for the classroom. Let me bring it in. You know, I always had plants in the classroom. I loved having, um, greenery in the classroom. I let me bring it in. And I was like, Oh, since I brought this in, I might as well set up a provocation for it. It might have been a couple of different things that led to it, but um, another provocation that happened. So that was like more of a teacher sparked provocation or a teacher sparked inquiry that led to some really great inquiry learning based off of like the interest of the students at that time. But you can also have students sparking some great in inquiry topics as well. And this might be, well, this is usually like when they're playing with their their peers when they're outside or inside and this is when you're listening so as an educator sometimes it's really hard to just sit back and like listen to what the kids are saying like i always felt like oh i have to be doing something i have to be doing 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 and like oh i should be asking questions i should be prompting them i should be like 
you know, constantly talking to them. But sometimes it's really great to just sit back and listen to what they're saying, because then you can get a really deep sense of, you know, what they're interested in, what they're asking questions about, what they're doing with their friends and things like that. So sometimes I would kind of position myself in places in the classroom and like, you know, either have um, I don't know, like uh, my iPad for documentation out. So it looked like I was busy doing something else, but really it, I was listening to what they were saying. So I maybe had like a piece of paper and a pencil and I was writing and it might not look like I was listening to what they were saying, but really I had positioned myself in a place that I could listen to what they were saying. And I think that's a really important part is being an educator. It's not only, you know, knowing when to ask some really great open-ended questions to get at student understanding and learning but knowing also when to just listen to what they're saying because um that's when I find I get the best you know questions or best lines of inquiry um that our students are wondering about and so I think for this inquiry I'm picking like we've done a lot of inquiries I'm just kind of picking two out I think I also have a blog post about this one we were outside and I heard the excitement of student voices behind me and I kind of just sat back and I was listening and uh, it had recently rained and there was like worms everywhere like our whole uh, kindergarten outdoor learning space was covered in worms and if you ever talk kindergarten you know how excited kids get about these worms and so we had already talked about like caring for living things and making sure you know we're not like killing worms on purpose so they were uh, transporting worms from the pavement where they were worried they were going to get stepped on over to the grass area and they were talking about all these worms and what they were seeing with the worms why were there so many worms and I kind of went and stood near them. And luckily I had brought my phone outside with me and probably was because I was keeping an eye on the time or something, but I had brought my phone out with me and they were asking so many questions about these worms. It was hard to keep up with how many questions they had about worms. And so I wasn't answering any of their questions. I just took out my phone and I took out the notes app and I just typed in every single question that they had as they were asking them. And they were talking to each other about the worms, trying to figure out like um, there were some worms that were in a puddle and they were asking if the worms could drown or, you know, could the worms, which worms would be faster and why was this worm so much bigger than that worm? And um, if this worm was split in half, like all of these great questions were coming out of just this big pile of worms that they had collected. And so as an educator, if I had inserted myself and started maybe answering their open-ended questions with like, maybe like just some closed ended answers, I might not have been able to get as many questions from them. I might not have gotten to the root of like all of the questions that they had. And I might not have been able to listen to like the answers that they were giving each other because they had some great answers and they had some great, you know, if somebody asked like, oh, can worms drown? They were like, oh, I don't know if worms can drown. Where are their mouths? Like, oh, do worms have mouths? And oh, if they're sticking their head out of the water, does that mean that they're trying to breathe? And then they're putting their head back under the water. Um, and like all these great questions that I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Like, I'm just going to take notes galore. And then when we came back inside, what I did was I took my notes app out and I said, like, I'd been recording all of your questions. And on our whiteboard, I wrote out 
all of the questions I had asked. And like our whiteboard was covered in questions. And that sparked a whole inquiry learning about worms and living things and the life cycles. And again, it just went into that big idea because of, you know, the the activities that we did, the um, provocations that were set up and things like that. And so we were really able to go into some deep learning about worms. And man, did we learn a lot about worms that year, but the kids were so excited about it. And we were able to bring in so much learning through that and, you know, bring in some writing, bring in some math, bring in like, you know, those self-regulation skills, taking care of the environment. Why are worms important to our environment? Um, all kinds of things that met a lot of the um, overall expectations in our kindergarten program. And it was just through worms and it was fantastic. And maybe if I had inserted myself into those conversations, it wouldn't have been um, such deep learning that had taken place. And so that's kind of like two ways that I have come to um, I don't I hesitate to say start an inquiry because I don't know if you ever really start an inquiry, but like um, move along with an inquiry is like, as an educator, I can set up a provocation that might spark an inquiry, that might spark some wonder and excitement about a learning idea, or it's just from listening to children's questions and their thinking around different ideas and topics. And a lot of that happens, I find, in the outdoor space as well. So, you know, taking them outside is really important because I feel like that's when they start wondering and questioning so much is when they are in that natural environment. But yeah, that's just um, two ways that I have found have been the best. Again, it doesn't mean that in October you never look at a pumpkin because, you know, sometimes kids are really excited that they went to the pumpkin patch and they want to talk about going to the pumpkin patch. And that's a great in to learning more about like pumpkins and learning more about the life cycle of pumpkins and, you know, um, doing that kind of inquiry learning. But just because it's October doesn't mean I'm doing pumpkins. It's sparked by the, the, the thoughts and the questions of the students. Um, again, I've had it years where the students were really excited about pumpkins because they were going to the pumpkin patch or we as a like kindergarten team were uh, doing a field trip to the pumpkin patch and they were really excited about it. Um, and we're asking those questions. And then another year I had grown pumpkins in my backyard and I was like um, taking like, you know, at the end of the season when you take um, you cut down all of the um, plants from that year. And I was cutting down the pumpkin plants and I had a huge long vine from the pumpkin plant. And so I brought in just the big long vine and I put it on the table with some paper and pencils and said, Hey, what do you think this is? And sparked a whole inquiry around like plants and leaves and pumpkins and growing things. Um, just by bringing in like those natural artifacts. I think that's that's a really great way to like spark some great learning in our students is just bringing in those natural artifacts um, that they really love. And another thing is that like, I'm talking about these great questions, but there's sometimes where something just isn't an inquiry, right? They, I'm thinking about times when um, my students have been at a table and they were like, oh, how fast does a cheetah run? And I was like, 
that's like it was a closed-ended question so i felt like at this point i was like well i think it runs pretty fast do you think it's faster than a car or do you think it's you know faster than a plane like what do you how fast do you think the cheetah is and then they had like it was during lunch or something and they were just talking amongst themselves and they're like i don't know i think it's as fast as a car i'm like man i can look that up so i you know used google and i looked up how fast does a cheetah run and then i forget what the answer was but we found the answer and they're like oh, okay they're like, I think that's the fastest animal in the world. I was like, oh, what other animals do you think are fast? And somebody said like a zebra or something. So I looked up a zebra. So we were comparing numbers all of a sudden, you know, which one is faster, which one is slower, which one, why do we think one's faster than the other? And doing a whole line of inquiry around like how fast animals run. But then at the end of lunch, the conversation stopped there. I kind of listened to see if they were still interested in learning about um, like animals running. And I never heard them asking any more questions about it. And I realized like that was the end. Like that inquiry lasted that lunch hour where I was able to answer some of their questions about it. And they were able to talk about that subject. And that was them. They were satisfied with that learning and they were able to move on with their lives, right? Like not every inquiry has to be like two, three weeks long learning. Sometimes they can just be like little short bursts of, um, I have a few questions and that's it. I'm done. The same thing with the worms. It could have been, I put all those questions up there and you know, the next day they could have come in and not cared about the questions at all. And that could have been the end of it but they were really interested. So we kept answering those questions and we did a whole inquiry around it, but it's just knowing it's, and I find that's kind of hard. It's like knowing as an educator, like, oh, are they done with that? Should I spark some more curiosity in this? Or are they just done? That was just a couple questions that they were just curious about at that time. And so as an educator, you need to kind of like, um, I want to say figure that out. I don't know if that's the right term, but like kind of like uh, ponder on that and reflect on that in your planning and when you're documenting to see like, am I done? Like, are, is this is this um, line of inquiry finished for us? And so that's, and that's, I guess, the other difference between like a theme and an inquiry is like a theme, like you'd probably be like, oh, the month of March, we're talking about spring. And then, you know, as soon as April hits, it's a different um theme that starts I guess um with inquiry like it's really sparked by the student's interest and so it might last um a week it might last a half hour lunch period or it might last a few weeks so yeah that's just a little bit of thoughts about um sparking interest in inquiry in the kindergarten classroom if you're in the online space I've been thinking about this as well like how do you get to the root of those inquiries and those questions when you're in an online space and you're like limited with the amount of time that you have with them um again as an educator you can spark some inquiry by you know I have some um seeds that are growing for vegetable gardens in my house and I was thinking like I would probably take pictures of that and show the kids and say like hey um, I'm growing vegetable, um, seeds for my garden. Is anybody else doing that? Or you might, you know, um, see if they have any questions about that or if anybody else is doing that, if they're interested in it and grow the inquiry from there, you might ask them what they're interested in. You might have like a jam board with questions that they might have. Like, how are you in an online space going to spark those inquiries when again, like it's hard to just sit back and listen to them because you know, you're in an online space, it's really hard to listen um, to like their conversations with each other, I guess. But yeah, it's a, it's a tougher job online, but I think there's definitely ways to, you know, um, follow their lines of questionings when you're online. And it might just be, you know, following some of their questions that they might have 
during your time together. So if you have a lesson planned on something, but they start asking questions about, you know, something that they see in the background of somebody's screen or whatever, it's just having that flexibility as an educator and that confidence as an educator to kind of deviate from your planned, um, uh, lesson plan, I guess, for the day and go along with their line of questioning instead. And really, you know, having that confidence to like maybe deviate a little bit and have those moments of, you know, following their line of questioning instead of following your predetermined plan. So, um, yeah, I haven't, I've been like online a little bit, but I haven't been, um, teaching children online. So it might be more about, you know, following some lines of questioning that they might have that deviate from your day plan. So let's say they're like watching some other child online and something happens in the background or the child brings something to the screen that really interests them. And the kids are really interested in learning more about whatever it is or asking questions about it. And it's having that confidence as an educator to kind of deviate from that, um, day plan that you might have set out, like having that, um, flexibility, I guess, to be able to stop what you had originally planned and follow the line of questioning that the students may have and, you know, let them have some conversations with each other. A lot of the uh, conversations that happen, I guess, in an online space would probably be probably be child to adult conversations where they might not have opportunities to respond to each other a lot. So allowing times when they're answering each other and asking each other questions and sparking conversations between them, whether that be in like breakout rooms where you have smaller groups of kids that can talk and play together, or whether that be in large blocks of time, uh, like your large blocks of like large group time, I guess, where you are letting them answer each other's questions. And, you know, again, having that confidence and that flexibility as an educator to allow those moments to happen, which can be hard, especially online. So just reflecting on that. So yeah, I hope, I was able to kind of, I don't know, clear up a little bit of those misconceptions around inquiry. Maybe maybe you are at a whole different level of inquiry than I am and you have a greater understanding of it and you've been, you know, rock starring it up with inquiry in your classroom. I'd love to hear from you because, yeah, again, like I said, this is my area of learning. And as I learn more, I think um, probably over the summer, I'd like to do some more dedicated podcasts to inquiry learning and all of the learning that I have done around it and how important it is and why we should do it. So I think that'll probably happen over the summer when I have more time to like sit and really reflect on it and like write out a plan for what I want to talk about. But um, yeah, if you are rock starring it up with inquiry learning and you have a really deep understanding and like practice with inquiry learning, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it. I post about my podcast episodes every Thursday on my blog. So I'd love uh, on my blog, on my Instagram. So I'd love um, for you to hop on over to Instagram and, you know, either send me a message or comment on that post about the blog. Uh, I can't, I don't know why I keep saying blog about the podcast and let me know what your thoughts on inquiry are. I'd love to hear it. Um, thank you so much for joining me. And, you know, the sound was fixed, but apparently my cat decided that today was the day that she wanted to be very talkative and um, yell 
uh, at me throughout the morning while I was recording this. So sorry if that was like really loud in the microphone. I don't know how much the microphone picked up of that. Um, but other than that, I really want to thank you for listening to me ramble on today. Um, I try to make it as cohesive as possible, but sometimes I go on like little tangents and hopefully everything made sense. And if you have any questions, let me know. Thank you again so much for joining me. If you are not following my podcast on your platform that you're listening to, make sure that you are following me so you know whenever I put out new episodes, they come out Tuesday mornings and um, follow me over on my Instagram or on Facebook to, you know, uh, chat with me, message me or whatever it is um, that you want to do. I will put all of the links for all of that stuff in the show notes for you. Um, Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great week. Bye. (music) Thank <music> you.